Hello everyone, and welcome to week four of Go Forth, a music education talk show. This is Summer. And this is Owen. Today, we have alumni Kelly Raymond, and she's gonna be talking about teaching during COVID and her first year of teaching. Hello everyone, and welcome to Go Forth, the music education show based in the Sunderman Conservatory of Music. My name is Logan, and I am honored to welcome Kelly Raymond to the show. Kelly Raymond graduated from Gettysburg College in 2018 and is currently teaching music in Frederick County, Maryland. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really well, especially after that presentation you just gave. Excellent. I gave a little introduction of you about how you're a music teacher and you graduated from Gettysburg College. I was wondering if you could explain to our listeners how you became such an outstanding music education teacher and how you went on that track in your life. I am going to say that I have came to where I am today from a lot of reflecting, a lot of asking questions and a lot of failure, <laughs> to be quite honest. I feel like in my time in undergrad, I tried and tried to learn as much as I could. And then in my first few years of teaching, I have tried to figure out how that actually works in real life. And that has required me to do a lot of trial and error and a lot of asking for help and a lot of trying to improve upon situations where I may not have made the best choice is still a process that I'm making and doing today. Yeah, touching on that, I think when people graduate uh, with a teaching degree, there's a big range of confidence levels that recent grads have. And I was wondering, how confident were you in your teaching ability? And how did that change in the first couple of years of teaching? That's a great question. Because when I graduated from Gettysburg, I felt fairly confident in my teaching ability. And I'm going to elaborate on that saying, I felt fairly confident to write a lesson plan and execute it. Um, and I felt confident to think through how I wanted to teach music concepts and what I wanted to do with what I'm teaching. But when I started teaching, I think a lot of reality shifted for me and for my students that I was teaching. So there were um, there was a big priority shift for me because now no longer was it most important for me to know, you know, how to teach rhythm and how to teach melody, but it was more important for me to know how to communicate effectively and how to respond to situations in a meaningful way and how to connect with my students so that they would trust me enough to allow them to access the material that we were doing. As constant learners, you mentioned a couple of things that you did learn as a teacher going out into the field. What are some things that new teachers should go out expecting to have challenges with? I think that expecting for your students to challenge you should be something that you're, you're I don't even want to say ready for, because I'm not sure you can really be ready for that. But being ready and being willing to be challenged in what you're doing and how you're doing it by your students and by your families and by your community and by your coworkers and everyone that falls into that category that will question you and you will have to prove that you, you know, care 
proving that you care and that your intentions are that of love and of, you know, using music as a way to connect and to grow as humans, not just for assessment and basic what you would assume is part of being a teacher. So I feel like expecting that challenge in a personal way, in a social and an emotional way is important and expecting for there to be a process that may take the whole year or the whole two years, expecting that what you're supposed to learn and know and get better at might not be that of a couple of weeks, but really will start to show in the coming years. And that's something that even if you're told it's hard to really wrap your head around that when you're in it because you want it to get better quickly and it doesn't necessarily happen as fast as you hope and want it to. So we've addressed a lot of challenges within the school and how it's probably not going to go by so smoothly in your first couple of years. And I was wondering, how have you addressed balancing your work life and your personal life so you don't get burnt out trying to face those challenges? The million dollar question. So I, I, I don't. I'm going to be quite honest. I haven't found a balance yet because I feel that when I finally felt like I was getting my feet under me as a teacher and what I wanted to do as a teacher, things in my personal life exploded in ways that I wasn't ready for. So then my priorities of my day-to-day shifted greatly because my own well-being was unstable and I was emotionally overwhelmed by the um, demands of my personal life and my school life. So I feel like I have come to points in my three years of teaching where I have felt a little bit more on top of it in terms of balancing what's happening at home and what's happening at school. But I think that has shifted so much over the last two years that I'm not even sure I could say I have a balance, but I try, I try to take time for myself during the week and I try to keep work life in perspective that I can't fix a lot of those situations and I can't control a lot of things. But if I focus more on what I can control, that then that will help my mindset moving forward be a little bit more realistic. Yeah. And and maybe that was an unfair question because, you know, (laughs) can we balance work and life or is that an ever ongoing process which most likely is speaking of things that we can't control i was wondering if you could talk about how COVID has changed your classroom environment as a music teacher actually i feel like COVID has shifted my focus away from music specifically i feel like and perhaps that's happened more Uh, It was happening already. I just wasn't super aware of it. But me realizing that getting an opportunity to see students for 40 minutes a day or a week on Google Meet, that my hope is just that they want to come back and that they have fun and that they are, you know, engaging with each other in a different way than, than they would be on their classroom Google Meet or Zoom call or whatever it may be. So I feel like my priorities for now that it's not it's not as important that they can you know read write and dictate a rhythm that I feel like they should be able to in second grade as more so important that they're just engaging with the material at whatever level they're at and they're feeling excited about it really just 
the getting them up and moving and getting them singing. I'm trying to remember that that's way more important right now. Just, you know, getting to connect with them and getting to experience joy with them because a lot of them aren't feeling that. Trying to harness that and dwell less on content and assessment right now is really what's helping me emotionally and hopefully them get through and and enjoy and get the most out of our time together yeah most definitely and i think that goes to the idea of like teaching to standards and how those standards and expectations kind of fall away when there's a global pandemic students are falling behind falling behind what the expectations that we've set forth 50 years ago that they should be at so that's really great i'm so glad to hear that oh go ahead I was going to say, even the expectations that I had set in the spring when we went into virtual learning shifted greatly. And so, you know, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that, yeah, my priorities have shifted now and they'll just continue to shift as the situation shifts. And that's, you know, we can never really settle into one thing because that's not really realistic or if we want to be responsive to what's going on in the world aside from our classroom. Yeah, responsive and looking at at your YouTube channel, finding our voice, adaptability. I was wondering if you could talk to our viewers of how you're using like multimedia and YouTube to connect to your students. So I started my YouTube channel in the spring, mostly because our students didn't have to engage with music, art or PE material at all. It was totally optional for the fourth quarter of school. So I was posting stuff on their online school portal and I was getting about maybe 10 to 15% of students engaging with what I was posting. So I personally was feeling a little discouraged and I what I missed most about being in school was just sing, getting to sing and like have those musical experiences together. So that's kind of what inspired the YouTube channel. And so I, I committed to posting a song every day, which some days I was a little bit <laughs> regretting I made that commitment because it was a lot to think of the song and record the song and put it, you know, edit it and publish it. But I had a lot of students that would say they watch my videos every day or start their morning with whatever song was that day or, you know, I shared it out on Facebook. And so a lot of my cousins with young kids or family friends that had young kids were following my channel too, and they would share it with their friends. And so when I was realizing that then just putting it out there and so for people to share and have an outlet and some, well, really for my students, someone relatable that they knew I'm recording those videos. Cause of course I could have just sent, there's tons of YouTube videos out there and I could have just sent them videos, but um, I felt like it was more meaningful that it was me and they knew me. So that was a different level for me to engage with them. And actually, unfortunately, YouTube is not allowed anymore this year. YouTube has changed their rules so that children under the age of 13 cannot be sent just a YouTube link. They're not allowed because of how YouTube works in suggesting new videos. And they, I don't really understand why, because kids are going to do that anyway, and they get on YouTube all the time. So I'm not sure, but for censorship and whatever purposes. So I haven't engaged as much with my YouTube channel because I'm now live teaching, but that's not something I'm going to dismiss because of how many people I had listening to it that weren't in my school community, but just giving them even, you know, I had a kindergarten parent reach out to me and say, I am having a really hard time 
keeping my daughter engaged because we're having a lot of technology issues. Like, do you have anything that you could send me for her to do while we're waiting for things to load or figuring out? And so I sent her my YouTube channel and she said they watched like almost all of my videos, just sing-alongs and, and, you know, doing cumulative finger, you know, motions. And she said her daughter has loved doing that in her free time. And so now I have this avenue has allowed it to be something that can be just simply for fun. And that is also part of, you know, my teaching philosophy. I want music to be a part of their life in general, not just something that they do when they come see me for a day at the week in school. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm going to share these videos out to all my uh, grad buds and we're going to we're going to do a little watching party, I think. Now I'm wondering, you mentioned you were live teaching. Are you live teaching over line or are you in person? We're online, but I use that because uh, we didn't have that before. So this is like a new thing that we're getting face-to-face -face instruction via Google Meet. I do see every class once a week for 40 minutes on the computer. No in-person yet. Are you teaching in your classroom space or at home? I am actually teaching in my classroom space. We are allowed to do that. And I actually have gotten a lot of good feedback from that because the students recognize the space and they know they've been there and they learned in there. So it's been fun because they're like, wait a minute, are you actually in the music room? Like, are, is anyone else in there with you? And it's always like, no, I wish you were, but we're here. And so that's actually been a cool access point for them to be able to be like, oh, I remember being in there. So I am doing most of my lab teaching from my classroom. Well, it's good to have access to the materials and all, all that you have in there. Oh, words of wisdom for anyone entering the field. I would say a couple of my words of wisdom would be only do it if your heart is in it. I have met so many teachers that I really just, I'm confused why they're in the education field because it is so, it's so demanding and it's so also so rewarding, but it's only rewarding if you put into it what you need to put into it for it to be meaningful for you. So I guess my, my first point would be really only go for it if your whole heart is in it and then stick it out. Just keep trying and asking for help and keep trying to learn and to grow and to change because there will be moments when it all will pay off, whether they're really tragic moments or they're really beautiful moments. There will be moments that it will become worth it. Why you stuck it out and tried for so long, even though it seems a little bit daunting and unending when you're first beginning and take care of yourself whatever that means but like I have to say it, it's not it's looked over a lot and it's vital well, we hope you, you enjoyed so this week's coffee our, talk our with alumni show. Kelly Raymond to listen to the extended version of this show featuring our own senior music education students Bridget Nabel speaking about their experiences check us out wherever you listen to podcasts at go forth a music education talk show join us next week for an interview with Dr. Rollo Dilworth, who discusses composing and arranging. We hope to see you then, but until next time, go forth and change the world.